I've always been, ever since I, you know, was young, would get interested in the lyrics in songs and the ones that tell stories. Like I remember when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Janie's Got a Gun by Aerosmith, and like, which was trying to like decipher the story when I was a kid of like, what happened to her? Welcome to the Peach Jam Podcast from Georgia Public Broadcasting, where we'll introduce you to a sampling of the truly diverse and incredibly talented musicians from across the Peach State. Each episode will profile a different artist and share songs and stories recorded live in our GPB studios. I'm your host, Jeremy Powell, and on this week's podcast, we're going to meet an artist from Kennesaw who got her start by winning a radio contest. My name is Lauren Morrow. I am from Kennesaw, Georgia, and I play music, I guess that sounds like kind of Americana, indie rock. Why is it hard to describe what kind of music you play? Uh, I think because I have a lot of different influences that I tend to draw from. So I know that like my voice can sound like country-esque and I can write kind of country type songs, but I have a lot of influences in like 90s alternative and, you know, and indie rock and stuff like that. And I think they all kind of come together in our music and it's hard to I don't know, it's just hard to kind of like put a real, you know, like label on it. She was born in the spring in a hospital room in Aniston. Her parents named her Vicki Lynn, but they didn't know why. Doctors and the nurses told her mama that she might not make it. They said you better start praying for her to get through the night. First song, Vicki Lynn, uh-huh. is about your mom. Tell me about your mom. <laughs> My mom is um, a very complex person that would probably be hard to sum up in the amount of time that we have. But what I generally say when I introduce the song is that my mom and I are very close and we've always been really close with each other. Um, there was time periods in our lives where we weren't as close and generally when I was a teenager, et cetera, you know. And I always thought that, I always knew she was cool, but I would never allow myself to admit it. And she would tell me these stories about when she was like 16 and she would be sneaking out of her house and she'd go hang out with like Leonard Skinner and the Allman Brothers and and Wet Willie and all these like other bands. And um, and she'd be like, you know, Lauren, I was I was cool once and blah, 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 whatever. I'd be like, oh, whatever. And um, in comparison though, when I was 16, I was like 
lined up outside of a Barnes and Noble dressed like Harry Potter, like waiting for a new Harry Potter book to come out. So I always talk about how like she's way cooler than me. She has better story. You know, she's just she's lived a lot of life and she's awesome. And so I felt like I started thinking about her and uh, Jason, my husband, had written this riff for a song and I just started thinking about her life and it just really kind of came out. And sometimes it's like that with songs. How does she feel knowing that you can now see her as, as a whole person rather than just as your mom? Yeah, I think that she, I mean, she loves that. Like she, my mom too, if you, if you ever were to meet her, like she has a huge personality. She's very gregarious and um, she, she fills a lot of space in a room and in a good way. And I think that she's, you know, immensely proud that there is now come a time in my life when I can recognize her as a person and her accomplishments and also like forgive her for her shortcomings because she's also just a human too. And there's just been a lot of really nice growth that has happened in our relationship the older that I've gotten. Senior year long hair behind her ear, she's glowing. No, she didn't know it. The boys all loved her too. Beetles in the stones, hail, hail, rock and roll, she's a rebel. Her daddy said she'd go to hell, and he tried to burn her records too. She's a baby, raising a baby at 22. By the time she found peace with her boy on her knees, she had had him. So she moved to Atlanta to start over for a year or two. Let's go back. You said that you would be waiting outside of, for the new Harry <laughs> Potter book. What house are you in? Well, I would always take these quizzes and I would always get Gryffindor, but I have been told by multiple people that I'm a Slytherin. And I don't know what kind of vibe I give off to maybe be in Slytherin, but I'm not mad at it. I mean, Slytherins are good people too. Well, I think it's interesting that, that you bring that up. In You have a, what, it's some kind of English degree, mm-hmm. literary degree. Which, where did you go to school and then what do you have? So I went to Georgia State University and I have a degree in English and a minor in British and American cultures. And then that transfers to your songwriting because you write a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I, you know, I've always... I've always been, ever since I, 
you know, was young would get interested in the lyrics in songs and the ones that tell stories. Like I remember when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Janie's Got a Gun by Aerosmith. And like, which was trying to like decipher the story when I was a kid of like, what happened to her, you know? And I feel like that is kind of the, um, that's kind of what I, I don't know, to just tend to write more story, you know, things now, I guess. Is that why you, you find it difficult to put your music in a box? Is it because you're drawing from those influences? Like you, you mentioned earlier, you know, the alternative rock and indie rock and yeah. things like that. And then when you're writing stories, they're not typical country or Americana stories. Right. And like, and there's not a ton of like storytelling, I think, like I do in a lot of like indie rock or like rock, you know, too. So it's kind of, I guess it is kind of strange. I never thought of it like that before where like, you're like kind of telling a story like that is more of a like country Americana, you know, trope, I guess to use like in telling stories, but doing it with music that sounds more like alternative. I guess it's kind of a interesting thing. I was always a weird kid who preferred to play alone. So I loved to spend the summer in my grandparents' second home. It was just across the state line, out on 20 West, to a town of 300, 350 at best. We'd get there on a Friday and stay a few weeks. Have to dust off all the furniture and shake out all the sheets. Front door slammed too hard. The tin roof always leaked. It might have been a dump to many. It was paradise to me. You're from Kennesaw, and you talk about going across the Alabama line. Where exactly were you going? I'm assuming that's biographical. Yes, and So where exactly were you going? What was the city? So my grandparents lived in Marietta, Georgia, but they were from um, Coleman in, in Edwardsville, Alabama, which is just past the state line um, outside of Heflin, Alabama. So the way that we would get there is you would go out 20 and you can just go straight across the line. And it's just past it. It's only just maybe like an hour and 30 minutes from downtown. Um and my, we would go to this house that my grandmother was raised in, in this town called Edwardsville, Alabama. And it was just like going back into time in a lot of ways and just this really sweet like memories of what it felt like to be from the South to me, you know, and just the way that everything felt different there, you know, and we didn't have like a TV. We just listened to the radio and, you know, it was just, it was such a special time for me and my like um, imagination as a kid my grandma's making dumplings singing walking the floor felt like wearing a time machine it was 1994 no telephone no tv grabbing water from the well it might have been 1800 far as anyone could tell can't be beat and I would cheer on David Justice from the edge of my seat there's a place in my heart for Alabama 
And you mentioned in the song, basically don't make fun of those people. Those are my family. Mm -hmm. Because what did you grow up hearing about your family being from Alabama? I think it's it's not even just like Alabama or Georgia. You know, it's like it's everywhere. I feel like sometimes, you know, there's a stereotype of every, you know, um, different culture, you know, I guess throughout the United States. But I mean, you know, Alabama, it was always, you know, people would assume that we were just like racist rednecks or something, you know. And I think that people could assume that about me being from Kennesaw too or whatever. And, you know, and I was just, there's, there's so much more and there is so much more depth and beauty to the South than, than the, the scars of the past that we have, you know. And you also mentioned the Braves. Mm -hmm. You're still a Braves fan. Oh yeah. Duh. (laughs) My favorites. (laughs) David Justice was still, is he still your favorite? Well, so, okay. Just, um, just to be a confessional here, Ryan Klusko is actually my favorite Brave, number 18. Okay. But it was hard to sing Ryan Klusko in the song. So I knew I wanted to talk about the pitching, like with Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin. But then when I tried to sing and Ryan Klusko, like, that, I just didn't roll off as good as David Justice. Yeah. I love David Justice. But, but yeah, number 18, um, Ryan Klusko. We're going to have to send this to him so he Somebody knows. please. Yes. I mean, I, have, I feel like I talk about him all the time. <laughs> And I just don't know why we haven't met. That's I have fantastic. his baseball signed. Yeah. And I loved him. Warm wind blows through the window. Curtains flutter in the breeze. I am putting together a puzzle while I'm sitting on my knees. I'll swing out on the front porch where my feet can hardly reach. And fall to sleep tonight to a cricket symphony. Walk down to the train track, put pennies on the rails. Spend the afternoon with Grandpa, trying to find out where they fell. See that copper glitter like a hundred shining suns. And walk back hand in hand when our treasure hunt is done. Quick programming note, after the recording of this podcast, Lauren had the opportunity to meet Ryan Klesko. She geeked out about it, and you can see that on her social media. How long have you been doing music? Um, well, I started, like, writing when I was 15, um, but then I wouldn't let anyone hear my songs or anything. I wouldn't play in front of people. Um, and then I, I won this contest through 99X, and I sang at Music Midtown with Butch Walker and his old band, Marvelous Three. And that's kind of like sent my ambition into overdrive to want to play music forever. Um, but then really it just started my first band when I was in, you know, I was 20. Um, and then, I mean, really since then, just kind of, you know, going forward. But now you find yourself traveling the world, legitimately traveling the world playing mm-hmm. music. Yeah, it's really cool. It's awesome. It's the best. Even on days when it's really hard and it's not like, you know, there are times like your van breaks down or, you know, you have interpersonal issues or, you know, you're tired and I don't know, there can be all sorts of things. But like when you kind of look, you know, from a bird's eye over your life and are like, this is really cool. This is all I've ever wanted to do, you know, and 
I'm very grateful that I am able to do it in whatever capacity I can. There's a place in my heart for Alabama that belongs to no one but me. You might act like we're a joke, but that's my family down the road. You can't see what I can see. Tell me about the song Birthday, because you said that's about your husband, Jason. Uh-huh. So what's the story? So Jason, so when I, I went to school downtown and I moved downtown when I was in my late teens, and um, I met Jason through some friends at the local off of Ponce Leon in downtown Atlanta. And um, I was 22, and we were playing trivia at the local And we met and just immediately clicked that night and went over to MJQ and like, you know, all these like places that are kind of these like legendary Atlanta places. And and then um, a month later, I broke up with him on his birthday, which is like not my finest move. (laughs) Um, But I didn't know what to do. And I was panicked because I really knew that I loved him so much. And I was like, oh, my God, I've never felt this feeling before and I don't know how to handle it. And so I freaked out um, and just took my lost DVDs and my quilts and I was like, bye, I'm out of here. So then for the next like nine months, we were kind of like chasing each other all around town and we would run into each other, like the Earl on the East side or like all these places and have to kind of navigate trying not to see each other or trying to see each other and be like, Oh, what are you doing here? And it was just this whole thing. And then we got together um, after my show at the Earl that October of the following year. And then now when you drive down Ponce, it's changed so much mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Does it bring back all these memories and feelings for you? Yeah, it's really, I mean, I think it's cute. Like, we'll go to the to the local a lot. And obviously, like, it's really sad that it's not going to be there, you know, whenever they mow down all of Ponce and build more condos. Like, that, you know, that sucks for the city because it is a special place. And for a lot of people, not, you know, we spent a lot of years in my 20s, like, in those places and, you know, forging friendships and those bars and clubs and whatever. And, um, you know, a few years ago, they moved the booth that we met in. And so, like, that was, like, the one thing, you know, it's like, oh, our booth is gone. And, like, yeah, I mean, it's very sentimental to me. And I'm a pretty nostalgic, like, sentimental person. So, you know, it feels special and it will be sad when it's not there anymore. It's five o'clock. In the morning On your birthday And I can hardly believe I'm still awake That's okay While you sleep I can show myself out And collect all the crap I left at your house 
nice birthday And you will blame me Call me mean To any ear that hears But you know this is The most fun you've had in years And let's be honest You know it turned you Find a girl not afraid to cut and run I think it's better I'm not around while you figure you could talk to 15 year old Lauren what would you tell her um oh god I would probably say like stop being so hard on yourself um I would probably say to just trust your trust yourself and trust your talent and and trust other you know trust that you are enough the way that you are um, there are many years that I wish I could have gotten back for, um, either trying to be someone that I wasn't or, or just not thinking that I was good enough. And I think that sometimes if you, if, when you realize that there is only one space for you and you walk in it, then I think that's when good things start happening. So you're trying to make me cry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode with Lauren Morrow. You can see her complete musical performances on the GPB YouTube page. Join us next week as we sit down with a man from McDonough, Georgia, whose latest album debuted at number one on the Billboard Blues charts. They said, yeah, you're, uh, you're going to be number one, and, and, and it blew me away. I mean, I called everybody. I called everyone in the band that recorded at Capricorn. Eleven people I called them, and I was just saying, you know, congratulate them, because that's who really made the record. You know, it, I, I'm... I might be on the cover, but it's really the musicians that made the record. Eddie Ninevolt joins us next week on the Peach Jam Podcast. The Peach Jam Podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by me, Jeremy Powell. Sandy Malcolm is our executive producer. Chris Howe, our director of photography. Michael Harris, our production coordinator. Rick Smith of RS Lighting is our lighting director. And our sound engineering was provided by Sounds Good. Be sure to join me for the next episode. And in the meantime... 
please find and support live local music and independent record stores in your area. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.